Aloha, people of God. It's your brother Mike Dillard coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. This is season two, episode two. Man, I am lit tonight. You know how we do it. It's early, crazy early over here in Honolulu, Hawaii. It's 3.08 in the morning. Y'all say, man, why are you up at three in the morning? Well, to be honest, I took a drive. I took a late night drive. It's one of the things I do to kind of decompress and, and declutter my mind. When I drive, for some reason, I just get all of this wisdom. I get insight and clarity, and I just kind of speak out loud in the car to myself. Might sound crazy to somebody, but you know what? It works. <laughs> it works. So I just got back, and... uh yeah, I just got back and I know it's time to do this message. So I'm very excited to deliver this message to you guys today. So with that, well, let's say what the title is. The title is Check Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself. Okay. Y'all know, you know, I write the poems, I do the raps and all that stuff and whatnot. So that's kind of a throwback to hip hop. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. It was a song back in the day. But anyway, you'll understand the title better when we get into the message. So with that, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we celebrate you today as the most high God and the only wise God and the only God that there is in all creation. God, we acknowledge that there is nobody like you. There is no thing like you. You've never created anything that's like you. It's not possible. There is nothing like you. You are the only one, God. And we celebrate this truth, God, knowing that our God is the true and the living and the real God who watches over his people so faithfully, even as you watched over Israel all those years. And we thank you for watching over your word so faithfully, God, to perform it, to bring about what you desire on the earth and in our lives, God. And with that in mind, we come before you right now. We ask you to forgive our sins. We ask you to remember the blood of Jesus. Father, we ask that you remember all your promises that you have made on our behalf and our covenant and through our covenant with your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And God, we ask that you give us wisdom and insight tonight in this podcast, God. We ask that you would give us wisdom and insight to become the men and the women and the boys and the girls of Christ that you have created us to be, God. Give us boldness, God, holy boldness, God. Help us to be bold and face ourselves. Help us to be bold, God, and face the inner demons and the outer demons that are holding us back from the greatness that you put on the inside of us, God. Help us to reflect who you created us to be. Father, we ask these and all other things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We love you. We love you, Father. Oh, my neighbors probably think, that dude is crazy. Why is he over there screaming at three in the morning? What, what's wrong with him? Man, I can't help it. Y'all know I get lit when I think about the Lord. I get very excited, very excited. How can I not? Have you ever thought about this? And we are going to get to the message. Hopefully, this is going to be a short message. I really try and keep it below 30 minutes. I try. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't actually make it, but we'll see. But anyway, <laughs> have you ever thought about this? When you stop and you think, 
about all the ways God has been good to you. Let me back it up for a second. See, I'm saying that you have to be intentional. And this is not the lesson, but this is just me talking about the Lord's goodness at the moment. Okay, look, (laughs) when I stop and take notice of what the Lord has done in my life, you see, it overrides the emotional shadowing because you can feel some type of way with your emotions, right? Like, oh, God's not with me. Uh, you know, he's not helping me. Uh, you know, my life is this and is that. And emotions can cloud the truth, okay? We get stuck in our emotions from time to time and it clouds the truth. But when you just sit down and you think intentionally on what the Lord has done and write it down in your journal, We're supposed to be doing that as Christians. That's something that, you know, we learn in the Bible. You write it down. The people would put stones, right? They would would put these little stones in, in certain formations or whatnot as an altar, not to cook something on, but to remember, hey, when I was here, the Lord showed himself to me. So I built these rocks up here to remember the Lord's goodness oh, why did you build these rocks? So that way, when our children ask us, why did you build these rocks? We will tell them the Lord did this and the Lord did that, right? It's a principle. Part of the reason I come on here and I do this podcast is to teach you godly principles. It's to teach you about God's ways. And of course, also to teach you about spiritual warfare strategies. Okay, so anyway, think about the Lord meditate on his goodness, you will see all of the different ways that the Lord has stepped in and intercepted the trouble in your life, how the Lord stepped in, how he intervened in the trouble in your life, and he brought deliverance to you. And see, when you focus on that, you know what? You can't not be excited, pardon the bad grammar, but you can't not get happy and excited and lit at three in the morning. Okay, so don't judge me. (laughs) Don't judge me. All right, so here we go. Into the lesson itself. Again, check yourself before you wreck yourself. The main scriptural reference is coming from the book of 2 Kings chapter 1, verses 1 through 15. What? Yeah, it's 15 verses. And I'm actually going to read them all to y'all because you need to hear it. You also need to study on your own, but we're going to get in it. We're going to get in it right now. Give me a second. Y'all know how I do it. It's a live and dynamic podcast wherever I get the message, right? Wherever it comes up, that's where I'm putting it down. Wherever I get it, that's where I spit it. So let's hit it. Here we go. Hey, Second Kings. 1, 1 through 15. Now, y'all know I have a preference for the King James Version. However, for this, I am going to read it from the ESV, the English Standard Version. Okay, here we go. I apologize if I jack anybody's name up. The heading says, Elijah denounces Ahaziah. Ahaziah basically was a wicked king who was in the family of Ahab. I believe he was the grandson uh, of Ahab. Okay, I believe that. But do your own research and you shall find out. All right, Elijah denounces Ahaziah. So here we go. After the death of Ahab, 
Moab rebelled against Israel. Now Ahaziah fell through the lattice in his upper chamber in Samaria and lay sick. So he sent messengers telling them, go inquire of Baal Zebub, the God, lowercase g, the God of Ekron, whether I shall recover from this sickness. But the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, the Tishbite, arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria and say to them, is it because there is no God in Israel that you are going to inquire of Baal Zebub, the God of Ekron? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. So Elijah went. The messengers returned to the king and he said to them, why have you returned? And they said to him, there came a man to meet us and said to us, go back to the king who sent you and say to him, thus says the Lord. Is it because there is no God in Israel that you are sending to inquire of Baal Zebub, the God of Ekron? Therefore, you shall not come down from the bed to which you have gone up, but you shall surely die. He said to them, what kind of man was he who came to meet you and told you these things? They answered him. He wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist. And he said, it is Elijah, the Tishbite. Then the king sent to him a captain of 50 men with his 50. He went up to Elijah, who was sitting on the top of a hill and said to him, O man of God, the king says, come down. But Elijah answered the captain of 50. If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Again, the king sent to him another captain of 50 men with his 50. And he answered and said to them, O man of God, this is the king's order. Come down quickly. But Elijah answered them, if I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50. Then the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. Again, the king sent the captain of a third 50 with his 50. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and entreated him. Oh, man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. Behold, fire came down from heaven and consumed the two former captains of 50 men with their 50s. But now let my life be precious in your sight. Then the angel of the Lord said to Elijah, go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So he arose and went down with him to the king. Now check that out. Check that out. Okay. We have a person who supposedly was in great power. He was the king. He had power. Even though he was sick in bed, he still had power. He sent the people, his troops, basically the military to go enforce this man, this prophet of God to come and do the will of the king. And we see what happened, right? Two of those three military groups got totally destroy, destroyed. God totally wiped them out, right? The prophet called down fire. He actually, he called down fire and the two groups died instantly. Ah, they died horrible deaths, right? But then the third group, you notice the demeanor of that man, right? The two came on the authority of the king like they was doing something. That's how we say over here in America. I know this podcast is all over the world. It's in 
South Africa, it's in India, I know it's in Singapore, it's all over the place, right? So I'm just saying, over here, we have our own sayings, just like over there, you have your own sayings. But over here, you know, we, we one of the things we say is like, th these guys, they acting like they was doing something, you know, like they, in Hawaii, we say like, you're a big, you're high muck muck you know, like you're a big shot, you calling the deals. First of all, those guys, they worked for somebody else. <laughs> they worked for the king. They wasn't the king, but they was acting like they were the king. Bossing around the prophet, they don't got the right to do that. And then you see the third, the third group, the third commander, he was very humble. And we see throughout the Bible to where, you know, there's a, a maybe a particular enemy like in Rome or something like that. And for the most part, the people are wicked. They're against God. They have multiple gods. But every now and then, there'll be one person, <laughs> right, who's, who works in that area, in that group or, or for that kingdom. But they have a different perspective on things. And they humble themselves before the Lord and the Lord blesses them. So what we're seeing right here is a godly principle at work. I always tell y'all, listen, you need to learn God's ways. Instead of always praying about, hey, Lord, give me some money. Help me pay the bills. Oh, and I, I'm not trying to make light of anybody's situation, right? Because we've all been there. <laughs> we've all struggled from time to time, right? And we've all cried out to the Lord. But what I'm saying is, I'm telling you, I'm not saying to not cry out to the Lord and ask for help like that. But what I am saying is like an overriding uh, a desire of yours should be to learn the Lord's ways. When we read in the Bible in the Old Testament, we see that the Lord spelled out that he gave Moses. Moses was taught the ways of the Lord, and then everybody else got a different set of lessons, right? The, the, people, that, the people that the Holy Spirit trained in the ways of the Lord. So basically the way I, I understood it was that you know, there's the message that God gives to people. There's a broad message. And people just know, like, this is what the Lord's going to do. But they don't necessarily know why the Lord did it. Right? They just need to know what the Lord said is going to happen and what he's going to do. But when you know the Lord's ways, it's like a friend of yours. You know, like, you, you spend time with a particular person it could be some. It doesn't have to be a friend. It could be a family member, but somebody that you know very well. You don't know everything about them, but you know enough about them to know their ways. Like in the black community, that's what we say. You know, so and so. You know, you know they they got their ways about them, right? It, maybe somebody is greedy. Maybe somebody is stingy. We look in the Bible at Jacob. Jacob was a liar, right? He was a deceiver. We would say that was his ways. Well, you know how he is. You know how he is. Jacob, you know how he is, his ways. Jacob got his ways. In other words, he's a liar. You know certain things about people that you spend time with, you put in time with, and you study them. And, and the same thing applies to the Most High God, who is a person. I mean, he, he created us in his image, right? God has emotions. God has feelings. God has thoughts. God has habits. He has ways. And so if you set your heart to seek the Lord and to learn his ways, the Lord will answer you. That's a very noble thing to seek God 
and to learn his ways, a very noble thing. And the Lord will begin teaching you his ways. And here's the cool thing. Once you know the ways of the Lord, there are certain things that you can kind of predict in your life. Why? Because you already pretty much know how the Lord is going to react in this in a situation. Why? Because you studied him. You studied his word. You watched him in your life do it time and time and time again. So you know, according to the Lord's ways, he's going to respond a certain way. Let's look at David and Goliath. Okay. I'm not going to give the scripture for that because we all know David and Goliath. Now, David heard, <laughs> David heard what the Philistines said. He heard what Goliath said. He cursed the he cursed God. And he was cursing the people of God. All of Israel's army was there. King Saul was there and his whole army. This man had a whole, he was the king and he had a whole army. And they were terrified of this one giant soldier. Absolutely terrified. David comes in, a shepherd boy, no armor, no sword, no shield, no nothing. He hears what, what Goliath said, and he instantly knew that giant is as good as dead. He's a dead man walking. He just cursed the most high God, and he cursed the anointed of the Lord, God's people. He's dead. So because David knew the Lord's ways, because David had seen what God had done with him in private, when he killed the bear with his bare hands, he killed a lion with his bare hands. The Lord was with him. David knew. And so David could boldly step forward to the king <laughs> and, 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 and face the ridicule of his brothers, who was also in the army, and step up to the plate and expect to be well received, which, I mean, we know the story. He was well received. He turned down Saul's armor and the sword. He faced a giant. You, you know the story. The point of the matter is this. David knew the ways of the Lord. And so he, he knew, he knew Goliath was going down. Okay. You have to know the ways of the Lord. And so the first learning point that we're going to take from the scripture, right? Going back to the scripture is, one, we need to be humble when approaching the Lord with a request. Those first two captains of 50 with their 50, they didn't understand that when they approached the anointed of the Lord, they were approaching the Lord, okay, right? When you deal with God's people, you're actually dealing with the Lord. So we need to be humble, okay? We need to be humble when dealing with God's people. Why? Because they're God's people, and God does not play that. He's a jealous God. He don't play that. Do not do evil to God's people. Because basically, what you do to the least of them, you do to Christ, the Bible says. You have to understand that. So when we are approaching the Lord with a request, we need to be humble. You don't demand nothing of God. And I know there's some wacky ministries out there some wacky doctrines that are telling people, yeah, you need to be bold and demand of the Lord and remind him of his promises. And, you know, there is a way to remind God of his promises, but there's a humble way to do it. 
That's the right way. And then there's a wrong way to do it where you're coming in boldly. I demand, oh, Lord, be, you, you don't do that. <laughs> you wouldn't even walk into your job, okay, and demand something of a human, even if there's some, you wouldn't even do that. So how are you going to stand before the most high God that created all the universe and demand anything from him? You don't even control your own breath. You don't. We had a story in the Bible with the, the king that was all prideful and, you know, he was puffed up about him and his thing. And what did the Lord do? The Lord, he warned him. <laughs> he warned him before he did it. The Lord basically took him out of his right mind and made him like an animal. He made him to live like an animal for seven years, seven years and seven years to the day that king's mind snapped right back, boom, in place. And then he understood, wow, the Lord is God, right? The Lord is the king of kings. He, he puts, he gives kingdoms to, to kings. Now I understand. See, he didn't understand at first, but he was humbled. He was humble, okay? And we all know that God resists the proud, but shows favor and grace to the humble. James 4, 6. And that leads us to the second point. And again, we're trying to keep this under 30 minutes. We get we we getting there, right? The second point is, it's the con we need to be aware of the condition of our heart, right? The condition of your heart is really what moves the Lord. It's not your words. <laughs> it's not your words. It's the condition of your heart. So we have that one scripture where Jesus is talking about. The two men that went before God, they were praying. One was a Pharisee. He was boastful. He was high muckamuck. He thought so, so highly of himself. He was not humble at all. He was not, he was not humble. He was very prideful and full of himself. Oh Lord, you know that I fast this many days a week and I give to the poor and this and that. And then, you know, there was the other person who went before the Lord. He was beating his chest and he was crying like, Lord, forgive me for being so wretched. I'm a wretched sinner. God have mercy on me. See, two totally different people. And what did Jesus Christ say? Who is the Lord? Who is God? What did Jesus say? That I tell you, that man, his prayers were heard on high. The second one, the one that was humble, the one that thought so highly of himself, it, that prayer went up to the ceiling and bounced off the wall and fell back down on the ground. It ain't do nothing. It didn't do nothing. So if you're walking around demanding stuff of God, guess what? I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how long you've been reading the Bible. If you're coming at the Lord like that, see, there's a problem. And it's not just with your words. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you saying that stuff out of your mouth. Why? Because the condition of your heart is all wrong. It's all jacked up. You think so highly of yourself, you don't realize, hey, you're just a man. Hey, you're just a woman. You're just a human, okay? You need God's help. And see, once you come to that understanding, which usually comes with maturity in Christ, which usually comes after you done been in some stuff, the Lord has allowed some things to happen to you, which we would quote unquote, call bad things. And then you understand when you get in those situations and you find out that your strength is feeble at best. You can't do it. 
See, when you get that, even though all hell is breaking loose and you might feel like you breaking down, when you get to that point, guess what? You just broke through. You just broke through. And it, people say breakthrough. It's like they're getting a million dollars. You don't understand. When you get to that point and you understand, I cannot do this on my own. I need God's help. Now, now we're going to see what's up. Now we're going to see what's really up. Because then you can really get God's help. Up until that moment, you're prideful. You're full of yourself. You're trying to carry it in your own strength. You think you got this. And you don't. <laughs> you just don't. You have to get to this point to where you understand you cannot do the work of the Lord without the Lord's help. Do you understand that? You can't you can't even do your normal nine to five job without the Lord's help. You belong to Christ. Your whole day is his. Your whole night is his. You can't do it. I love when I talk to brothers and sisters and they, they finally get to that place and they're like, man, you know, I just, I realize I can't do it on my own. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, God, because that's the spot you need. Like they say, the sweet spot, that is the sweet spot with the Lord. How do we know this? It's in the scripture. You see the Lord, <laughs> he blesses humble people. He resists the people that are proud. Proverbs 3.34 says, towards the scorners, he is scornful, but to the humble, he gives favor. Come on now. How much plainer does he have to make it? It's written right there in the Bible. It's written, the instruction, and then we get to see how the Lord interacts. And it doesn't matter whether it was the Old Testament or the New Testament. Why? Because the Lord changeth not. He's the same. His ways are always the same. So uh, we're coming to a close here. Yep, we're coming to a close here. So listen, there's always going to be warfare, okay? There's all these different techniques of warfare, but the, the, the best thing to know about warfare, rule number one, Submit yourself unto God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's right there. It's right there. Well, if you're, well, how do you submit yourself unto God? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due time, he will what? Exalt you. Humble yourself. It's right there. It's the secret to success right there. You don't have to pay anybody thousands of dollars. You don't have to buy their program. You don't have to buy their motivational book. It's right there in the Bible. God is telling you it's right there. If you do those things, guess what? It doesn't matter what the devil throws against you. The Lord will overturn it because the Lord is going to be fighting your battle. Why? Because you are trusting in the Lord. You are calling on the Lord and all they that call on the Lord shall not be disappointed. Any that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But if you're trusting in your own merit, you're trusting in your own strength, you're trusting in your own wisdom, you're trusting your own knowledge. Come on now. Trusting in your own power to save, you're going to get jacked up and you're not going to have the saving power of the Lord because you're not what? Humble. <laughs> 
You're not humble. The condition of your heart is not humble before the Lord. And so he is going to resist you. I mean, he's not going to let you be destroyed, but he's going to resist you. He's not going to really give you the help that you want. Why? You're not in a place to receive it. You think you got this. We're going to say this and then we're closing out. Look at the Lord's heart. Again, you can see the Lord's ways when you look through the Bible. So we have the story uh, of Gideon. You know the story with Gideon, right? You know the story about Gideon. But anyway, there's there's that famous part where there was there was there was so many of the enemy, so many of the enemy. And then Gideon's, you know, he's gathering his army together. He gathered his army, which was still vastly outnumbered. But then the Lord told him, like, go down to the brook, watch how these people drink. You know, people drink this way, send them home. And I'll do the I'll do the victory with these people. He basically had 300 people against an almost an innumerable amount of enemies. And what did the Lord said? God said, send them home because they might think that they won the victory of their own might. What? You see God there, right? Saying, hey, they're going to think this about themselves. I'm not going to give them the victory. With No, 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 no. That's not going to work. But 300 men going up against that, they already know there's no way. There's no way we can defeat these people. God, please help every single person that was in that 300. I bet you if I was a betting man, they was all trusting on the Lord to give them help, to lead them, to guide them and to give them the victory because they knew there was no way they was going to do it. And they were humble before the Lord in their heart. And God used them to achieve a mighty victory. That is one of the ways of the Lord. And he is not a respecter of persons. What he did for them, he'll do it for you. I've seen him do it in my life so many, many, many times. But you just got to remember, be humble before the Lord. And being humble before the Lord is understanding your place before him. He's God Almighty. You're not a human. You're just a human. You're created a little bit lower than the angels. You're just a human. Your power against the enemy is feeble at best. They laugh at you. Your power is nothing. Nothing. They slap you around. Now, when you're with the Lord, walking in the Lord, different story. When you're humble for the Lord, way different story. They ain't trying to mess with you because they know they got to deal with the Lord. They don't want none of that. What they say? They don't want none of that smoke. All right. <laughs> All right, we just went past 30 minutes. We're going to go ahead and close out. So in quick summary, remember, number one, you need to be humble when you approach the Lord with a request. He don't owe you nothing. He don't work for you. He's not a butler. He's not your genie, right? He's the most high God who created everything with a spoken word. Nobody can do that. No created being can do such. They can't even make one moon. Nobody can. Only the Lord. So we need to humble ourselves and remember our position before the Lord. Number two, remember your condition of heart is really what's going to move the Lord. Not your words, not you reminding him about his promise. No, no, no. You need to understand I need God. I can't do this. And it's not just a mental thing. It's coming out of your heart. When you know in your heart, God, I, I, I cry. I can't do this. God, please help me. I can't do this. Then you will get that help you're looking for. Okay. 
And that is it for today's lesson. Please remember, always remember, right? Submit yourselves unto God first, then resist the devil. And what does it say? Not just that he will flee, he will flee from you. If you don't submit yourself to God and humble yourself, the devil ain't going nowhere. Nowhere. Okay, we good? All right, that's it. So remember, hey, I love y'all with the love of the Lord. And until next time, aloha and be blessed.